Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Hello and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And with me today is Jenny Erickson. Uh, Jenny is involved with Eventraptor, a platform of which I am quite fond, and also does her own work in helping people build their message and network and connect and do all kinds of cool stuff that I'll let her explain because she can do it better than me. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you very much indeed for having me, Michael. Good to be with you. Yes, yes. It's always great to connect with you and and we fell into the trap of, of of having great conversation before we hit record, and hopefully we can remember half of that to share with the audience. Yeah, I've, I've done it now. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Well, thanks for coming. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for those who do not know you and don't know uh, Event Raptor, tell us a bit about yourself and the awesome platform that your family builds. Oh, thank you very much. Well, yes, Event Raptor, we're a year old, actually, which is, is lovely. Event Raptor was born out of my husband's frustration. My husband is Mr. Automation. If you can automate something to make it simpler, then he wants to do that. And when we wanted to start running our own events, we wanted to try and make it as simple and as effective as we could. And we looked to see what was on the market in order to facilitate you know, easier production of our own events. And what was on the market was either big box, cost a fortune, or didn't do the things that we needed or wanted it to do. So my husband, Steve, automated um, an awful lot of the things he, he, he wanted to do. And our first, our very first event, we had 27 speakers over three days. And our second, we had 37 speakers over five days. And uh, in our, our event was all about attraction marketing. But what seemed to come out of it were people not only enjoying the event, but the, the question was, I liked how you did that. I knew what I needed to do. I got the link to show up. I knew who was speaking when, and I'm an affiliate, and I knew exactly what I would. How did you do that? And could you show me how to do that? And and more and more people were just asking how you know how did how did you do it? And so <laughs> that's how we formalized Event Raptor. We literally took what he had put together and decided to roll it out for people to, to make it available to them so that people could be autonomous and, and run their own online events. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely has the feel of of something that was built by someone who used it. You can always tell when technology is built by people who don't use it. And there's those little, in you know, unhuman bugs in it. You're like, why would they do it this way? Whereas, you know, VentRap, you definitely have the sense of, uh, it was like, oh, I definitely am going to need, oh, of course, they already got that. Oh, I'm going to need this. Oh, they already got that. And and I've loved it because I ran three events, Conference 21, uh, last year. And the really arduous part was getting this, the website up and getting the information up. And people like, where's this? And where's that? And where's the swipe copy? And where's these things? And Event Raptor takes care of the applications. It takes care of the, the scheduling. It takes care of the landing page. So all that stuff that I'd either put off because it's a pain in the butt to do or just forget to do 
the computer takes care of. Yeah, so exactly. it's so awesome. And, and my big bugbear, uh, as, as Steve, my husband, will attest, is links for meetings. I can't, I always want links ahead of time so I know where I'm nice. going and I know who's on, etc. And, you know, certain systems that are out there, you know, tell you at the 11th hour. And I, I, I don't like that. So, you know, we like to think that we're giving people those links so they know where to go and they can put it in their calendars or straight into their calendars and, and have it available. And, yeah. 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 That, that's, that's a huge thing. And the links, I, I was recently involved with an event and then I'm like, I need the link. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's in the, it's in the, the portal and I'm going to the portal and I'm searching over here and I'm searching over there and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, whereas yeah, I believe it's event Raptor. It's like the top center of the page when you, mm-hmm. when you go in there yeah. for the, for the dashboard. So yeah. So it's really, it is some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I got on when it was when it was the the buy once for life. Yes. Um, but uh, now that I'm seeing the prices, now that it's it's monthly, yeah, uh, you know, as often if you're promoting something, you're like, don't admit that you you got the the lifetime plan because then people feel like they missed out. But the rates are so low now for the monthly rate for yeah. the monthly programs. We that we I'm w- like wanted it to be affordable for people. It you know it's intended for coaches, consultants, trainers, speakers. You know, you've got Anthony Robbins doing the big multi-screen thing and that's all lovely. But, you know, we because of the work that we've done in the virtual world, we know how important it is to bring a global community together. And if you're going to put unrealistic prices out there, then, you know, you're, you know, we want to bring people together. And indeed, as you mentioned, the lifetime deal that we put on in the first instance was literally to fund it. I mean, it was a bit like Monopoly, you know collect $200, do not pass, go, you know, go straight to joke. We, everything went straight into production. I mean, we've, we've literally bootstrapped everything. We had our son join us um, from corporate America. You know, the three of us have worked tirelessly to, to put this together. It, it really has been a labor of love. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's incredible. incredible. And of course there's links in the chat for anyone looking for that. Um, but so you have business beyond Event Raptor as well, correct? Yes. Uh, everything I do is is in the virtual world. So uh, with my other hat on for the last decade, I've, I've been a professional voiceover. So I talk for a living. And uh, okay. <laughs> I've had the, the privilege, and it really is a privilege, of um, narrating for over 60 countries, which is, is, is fantastic. Hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously when... And having been in networking also for over 20 years. So when, you know, we had our global pandemic show up and people were struggling to, you know, navigate the online world, I could help people in terms of their messaging and also their their online presence. Having, you know, the lovely thing is I've worked with clients, as I say, for over a, a decade. And 99.9% of the people I've worked for, I'm, I'm never going to meet. That's a shame. You know, they're wonderful people. We exchange messages, you know, children, birthdays, hobbies, all that kind of thing. But in reality, I'm never probably going to meet them. But I can, I've been able to build trusting re- relationships with them virtually. You know, they send me what they need. Jenny, could you narrate this? I narrate it. They remunerate me. And, you know, I... The, I think it's wonderful that we can we can do that. And now, of course, we can, you know, with Event Raptor, we, we can connect people globally. You know, we have an amazing opportunity to network globally. And if if something you do translates and people in other countries need it, why wouldn't you, as a Brit, step into a, a networking meeting in the US or Australia or whatever? I, I think that's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, my business, you know, prior to pandemic for me, everything was local. I was I had a local magazine. I didn't leave the, the county about uh, 20, 
20 miles or so in the radius. Uh, and then, and now, you know, the other day I connected two people in Australia yeah. from here in Connecticut, United States, because geography is, as I joke, I've become unmoored from time and space. Yeah. I uploaded to the internet. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. I, I actually don't think I've shared this with anybody. I'm not very good at in-person networking. You know, when I used oh. to go along, you know, back in the early 2000s, it was the breakfast meeting at the crack of dawn. And invariably I'd be, you know, you'd have a piece of toast halfway up to your mouth and somebody would ask you a question or you'd be slurping your tea or something and somebody would ask you something or you have, have your business card as you're trying to navigate, you know, standing up and passing things. I, oh, I just, I was rubbish at it. Lo I love the fact that we can, you, know, you and I now, you turn on the camera, yep. we're talking in real time. I just love that. Yeah, no, and, and actually it's totally true. Like we're using Zencaster to do the interview and Zencaster is easier than doing it in person. I don't have the equipment for that. Mm -hmm. If I interview someone in person, I got my smartphone. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, then then the, the volume is not going to be balanced. One's going to be louder than the other and the quality is not as good. Like it is easier to, to interview you in Norway than it would be to interview someone else sitting at the desk with me. Yeah. Just because all the technology required is kind of fascinating. Exactly. And, and I've totally found I network better online because I have, you know, half my screen's a Zoom and the other half is my notes. Yeah. So I can take notes, yeah. you know, right there. And then they're searchable. And six months later, I can just go search them up again. They're not on a piece of paper in a notebook somewhere. And, uh, yeah, there's some real benefits to this. Are, wh to this whether situation. you use, um, you know, sticky notes. I mean, literally around my computer, if you were to see it, mine is just uh, it's post-it notes central, all, diff all different colors around my, my, my computer, you know, some people can use mind maps and things, but there's, when you're networking you, you online, you can have prompts nearby. You can still be looking into mm -hmm. the camera like I'm looking at you now, and I can have something just under my line of vision that I can use as a prompt for something. I, you know, we, we've got all sorts of tools available. Mm. Yeah, and it's very powerful. So how did you get into voiceover work? I actually started as um, I, I was living in Tenerife at the time, and, and Tenerife is a small island. It actually comes under part of Spain, but it's nearer to Africa. And I was working at a theatre school there. They preparing were preparing the children for, they're called Lambda exams. It's the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. And so the children uh, do uh, musical theatre, dancing, speech, that kind of thing, and very much... Um, using my voice to, if you like, um, to, to give the, the kids prompts and recording things for them to listen to and that kind of thing. And I'd, I'd done amateur dramatics myself many moons ago and I got asked to narrate something because and people said, oh, could you narrate that because you've got a lovely voice? And actually that's what my company's called. It's called Lovely Voice. And it kind of started from there. So using, doing recordings and, and, and going from there. And it's funny when you listen back to yourself, you know, I listen back to those early days and I think, oh my goodness, I, you know, I want to give clients <laughs> their money back. I, I thought I had a nice voice, but, it, and that's the thing, isn't it? When you listen back to your own voice, we're very critical how we think, you know, we think we sound very super sophisticated, but in fact, we just, you know, 10 octaves higher, but um, that's how it started. <laughs> and then just, you know, joining some of the, if you like the uh, networking platforms that, that, that are out there, things like Upwork and you know, then getting my mm -hmm. own clients and stuff and repeat clients. And that's how it's, it's grown. And, you know, with voiceover, voiceover is definitely not one size fits all. You know, we, we, anybody who does voiceover will have, if you like, their, 
their niche or the thing that they do well you know and I I'm, I'm an e-learning narrator so I like narrating e-learning telephone systems if you give me a children's story I'm in heaven you know, narrating a kid's story or something uh, meditations and you know you get to know as you do with networking you get to know a voiceover community and and very much if something comes in that's not right for me I'd far rather pass it over to somebody else who's a better fit for something than I am and you know trusting the process like networking that somebody will think of you or gosh I'm an American but I need a British voice Jenny Erickson you know Jenny Erickson doesn't do an American voice I wouldn't even try I, I my American <laughs> accent is lousy but I'm as you can hear I'm very very British or as some people say I'm Australian I do get confused as an Australian from time to time that no, does sound very British I obviously we're talking about sophisticated be like that there's there's a simple uh, formula for sounding sophisticated in the United States Step one, be in the United States. Step two, have a British accent. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. it's The British accent is considered authoritative, you know, I, I guess, you know, coming from the Queen. But also, if you think about movies, the bad guys are invariably the Brits. Yes. So think of all the bad. So, you know, we because I guess we've got that kind of sinister edge. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, the Empire, all the uh, all the Imperial imperial characters in Star Wars, all British accents. Yep. Exactly. So well, and I think sometimes it's that authoritative thing. You know, the empire is authoritative. That's so they have that very serious accent. Yes, indeed. And all the Bond movies, of course, you know, James Bond is quintessentially British, and M or Q or whatever, they're all quintessentially British too. So, uh, yep. So yeah, yeah. Um, so so uh, yeah, I love what you're saying about the, that kind of abundance mindset which you know, really fits to the theme of, of what we're doing here in this season, mm -hmm. talking about the abundance-minded entrepreneurs, that idea of I don't need to take this, this job that's not a fit for me because I could refer it to someone who's better, a better fit than I am because more will come to me if I do that. Yeah. Whereas some people might say, oh my God, I need a job. This is a paycheck. I got to get a paycheck. So I'm taking it and I'll make it work somehow. My, my husband, Steve, has been amazing with this you know in the early days you're right you're, you're searching for projects and somebody reaches out to you and you know I would be trying to perhaps do something that wasn't really in my wheelhouse of expertise and Steve would say you know this is a problem client you're going to do this and then you know it, this is not going to be right and it's about trusting the process that by passing on something that isn't a good fit for you then the right thing will come along. And, and that is a real leap of faith. And I understand my people go, well, that's just not going to put food on the table or keep the lights on. But the amount of times I've taken something that in my heart of hearts I've known isn't right for me and it hasn't really worked out or it has worked out, mm -hmm. but the work I've had to put into it to make it work, I could have been doing other jobs at the same time. So, you know, I now... You know, sometimes I take a beat and think, oh, could I do that? And I think, no, it's it's not right for me, but I know somebody else that it is right for. And it's Absolutely. trusting the process. Yeah, one tells you only have so much time, energy, space. Yeah. Uh, there's always so much of, of of us to go around. And so if you assign to that, and that that's, what, that's a, something that the, the pandemic was great for me in because it cleared everything away. I kept getting jobs to, to pay the bills, you know, publishing magazines or selling selling printing or whatever because i needed you know i gotta do something i can't just be a, a crazy entrepreneur yeah. and then pandemic came and i said i guess i'll just be a crazy entrepreneur and and put things in its place so making money to pay the bills was a side thing yeah like, okay that, that's a stopgap. i drove uber for that to cover that so i could then focus on like clearing the boards and not getting bogged down in 
something that might make some money but wasn't the right path. And so it kept it clear to find event running, to find networking concierge, to find all those things. Because if you take the wrong things, those can block out the right things. I, I completely agree with you. I agree with you 100% that whilst you're busy focusing on trying to make something work, the, the, the right client is 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 going by. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. And you know, sometimes, you know, you take on a project that you do think is in your wheelhouse and it, it, it doesn't work out. I mean, I'll give you a bizarre example. I um, My voice lends itself quite well to meditation because, you know, I can go right down there in terms of narrating, etc. And I'd agreed a wonderful project with a client for, meditations which of, of about 20 minutes long which was a wonderful project and the, the budget was good and they'd listened to my demo and yes this is great and I, I sent it to the, the first one and they you know for feedback before I recorded the other 39 and I'm so glad I did because they said mm-hmm. we do like it but we were wondering if you could narrate it more in the style of Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter so what they wanted, rather than something that was sort of very deep and slow, they wanted it kind of in a, a you know, a, a witch, who, you know, a Scottish witch kind of Harry Potter. I mean, it was like, I can't do that. That's about as Scottish as I, I get. So what <laughs> seemed right on paper, and even though it seemed to tick all the boxes, just in the end wasn't the right project. And you're thinking, there's that brief moment when you think, can I narrate another 39 of these in the style of prefer? No, of course I can't. That's just ridiculous. So, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you always have to know what you are and what you're not, so that you can make room for, for what you really are. Exactly. Uh, and and so how, uh, so they, so when the pandemic came, is that when we started doing more online events, or had you been doing online events before then? We've been. I mean, I'd had online connections with people anyway. Obviously, working with clients, and you know, I I've worked with clients in an online capacity anyway. So for example, I've I've got a client who um, actually. His first language is in English, and he had an amazing opportunity to be on Home Shopping Channel and with his product that he developed. And he said, I want to go on. I know somebody else could go on and be more slick and glossy, but I want to go on. So, you know, I've done things like role play with people. So, um, Mm. you know, taking on the role of the interviewer, because on something like a, a shopping channel, you have about a six to eight minute window to blow the socks off them. And it's a numbers game. If the numbers don't roll in, then you won't be asked back again. And there are certain things, you know, when, you know, if you think about the psychology of selling, for example, the audience often watches a home shopping channel as they would a television program. They are very invested in those people that present. Um, And so it's about him, you know, working on how he builds rapport, not just selling his product and talking about the, the, the benefits and the features, but actually building rapport with the host in a language that's not his first language. So that's something that I've very much worked on and enjoyed working on. And, you know, even doing things like, you know, remember, you need to do this at a certain point. Um, for, for example, and I'll give you a, an example of, of that. He had um, he had a it's it's a therapeutic product. I don't want to you know, give anything away and be, betray you know who he is. Therapeutic product that you know you you use in chairs and things like that. And one time he was um, the, the, the idea was that he would use this and and say to the presenter, you know, give this a try and literally hand it over. And we know from again from the psychology of selling that when we give somebody something, they're more likely to take it and think about buying it. But what this lady did was use the the, the product and and put it in her chair 
but she also happened to be pregnant and she just said oh my goodness this is just it's not only is this comfortable but I can't get comfortable because I'm expecting a baby and the sales literally went through the roof because the the presenter that the audience loved was expecting a baby they were very invested had used this product and just her putting this behind her back and saying oh that's just so wonderful was a game changer for him so it's things it's little things that we say little things that we do I work with people if they're having you know often big companies will have six seven eight interviews online so working with people doing role play in terms of interviews working with clients mm. who send me voiceover scripts that work brilliantly in German but when you translate it into English because you need the English narration don't work at all it hasn't got those key words that we as British or, you know, English speaking people would use. So, you know, very much work focusing on online, you know, messaging and, 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 and such. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you were one of the, the pre pandemic online people, as opposed to the Johnny come lately's like me. <laughs> yeah. It's who came, came late to it. You know, I, I felt very much that so many people when we, we were forced to be online, had to navigate not only networking, but also, you know, turning on the camera and engaging with people and being, you know, for any of anybody who's listening, who's old school, you know, being in the Brady Bunch windows, there's this mm -hmm. sea of faces all looking at you and you've got to say your thing and connect with people. You know, having done that, I felt it was important to be able to help other people do that. Because as you and I know, being old school, messaging is important. When Whether we meet people in person or online, if we don't get what people do, they're just a nice person that we meet in a breakout room. And that's not what networking is. We want to leave a meeting helping and supporting somebody and how we think of them. But if we don't understand how to help them, because we don't understand what they do, then you know, we've, we've, we've just met somebody nice and that's a shame. It needs to be more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's so many people. I, I, I think for me, when, when things went online, it's kind of like, I finally found the place I was meant to be. So when everyone's like, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. I'm like, what, what, what is, why would you ever, what? No, no, don't go back. Yeah. I want to stay here forever. This is my place. I, I think I might um, have mentioned this to you before, you know, when, when you and I have previously spoken, but I, I was a speaker at a networking meeting. Of, actually, there was a speaker and I was the speaker the following month. And this particular speaker was talking and she was saying about you can't build trusting relationships with people unless you meet them in person. How could you ever possibly, you know, create a trusting relationship? And there is that Ten, you know, that nanosecond where you have the opportunity to interject, but you can't interject because your mouth is gaping and you're just looking at somebody in horror and the opportunity to interject had passed. But the following month when I was a speaker, I literally started off with, as I've mentioned earlier, you know, 99% of the people that I have narrated for, I have never, ever met in person, would love mm -hmm. to, but I've been able to be over the years, build trusting relationships and you know, when we talk about going back to normal, gosh, in the last two years, haven't we learned stuff? Haven't we learned that there's an amazing opportunity to connect mm -hmm. worldwide? Why would you just want to go back to trying to thrust your business card at somebody while balancing your glass of warm wine and thinking out where you're going to sit? And there's Deirdre over there. And can I wave? No, I can't. I've got two things. When we can sh literally press a button and you and I, you know, a Brit in Norway talking to an American in real time, how flipping marvelous is that? I don't yeah, want to go is, back. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still like uh, sometime next week, I think I'm going to an in-person networking event because I find them fun because I'm weird. Yeah. 
and and I enjoy the experience. But I the probability I'll meet someone of real value in my business at, at that live event really small. I'm going for fun. Yeah. And if I happen to meet someone, cool. But the number of people I've networked with in in the state of Connecticut who have been really powerful connections, maybe half a dozen, yeah. a dozen, you know, but I've, I've, I've been connecting people in a dozen countries. So, you know, they're all over the world, Mexico, Canada, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, um, you know, all over. Cause so now it's, and it, it's what happened in the nineties when people started to find their, their community niche, you know, when anime fans, the, the only anime fan in the high school got on the, the first BBS, the bulletin board system was able to find other anime fans on the internet. They're like, I'm not alone. Mm. I think the same thing's happening here is that is the, you know, the abundance minded entrepreneurs are able to connect and the, um, the joint venture people are able to connect and the mindset people are, there's all these connections happening all of a sudden that, that could never happen before because people weren't online. Exactly. And, you know, those, those six degrees of separation we used to talk about, they're now less than two. And I just think that that's brilliant. And if you've got something, if you're a, a coach or a consultant and, you know, you're in one country, but you can reach people worldwide and work with them online, what an amazing opportunity. What a shame that people are not going to benefit from your expertise because you're not in the same town or village or or wherever and you know there is something for everybody now as we've gone two years down the line we can meet online we can be hybrid we can go back in person we have choice and I think choice is amazing you know you do you choose what works for you Mm -hmm. but you know you have a choice and I think that's that's amazing that's fantastic Uh, so while we do have choice we do not have time Um, so if people want to get in touch with you uh, how would they go about doing that oh you can find me uh, morning noon and night and then some at event raptor so i'm jenny j-e-n-n-i-e at eventraptor.com all right very good so if anyone wants to connect with jenny about doing uh, voiceover work or learning more about event raptor or anything like that you can reach her there and of course there's a link in the chat uh, not the chat a link in the show notes um that will get you to Event Raptor and their surprisingly affordable pricing sheet and uh, some of their resources there as well. Well, Jenny, it's been great to have you on the show and get to know more about your uh, both your businesses uh, and more of your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.